Hi, friends. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining Sanctuary Church. Perhaps you're in your home there. Maybe somebody invited you or wherever you're at today. So great to see you. My name is Pastor Rod, one of the pastors at Sanctuary Church. And I just want you to know how honored and how glad that we are that we could do this uh, uh, online worship experience together. And wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, I just want you to know it is God's heart and God's house and God's love and God's grace is that everyone would be able to experience him. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to bring a new series to you, The DNA of a Dynamic Church. So I want to encourage you to get a Bible or the paper kind or the written kind, the digital kind. And we're going to read our Bibles together in just a moment here. And so what we're going to do, we're going to read the Bible, we're going to explain the Bible, and then we're going to apply the Bible to our lives and see what that looks like. So we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. And so everything that we do as a church is anchored in the Scripture. And so if you want to join me as we read together, I'm going to grab my Bible here, as we look at the DNA of a dynamic church. And this introduces God's design. This is God's purpose. This is God's intent. This is God's plan for the church. And so Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we see in this passage a great example of really what is a normal church, what a normal church is meant to be. It really wasn't epic. It wasn't next level. It wasn't exceptional. This is really what God designed the normal church to be like. And so uh, the church being, that is, the people, not a building. The church are the people of God. And so if you're a Christ follower, this is what you want to be aiming for. And so we're going to look again at what it says in verse 42 here, where it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, devoted means this. Devoted means that there was no departure from this course. And this is the DNA of, of the early church that is distilled down to the final four. For all of you basketball fans, you've heard of the final four. And when it comes to church, this is God's final four. In other words, this is what we're aiming for, that we're to orient our entire lives around these four anchors, these four big ideas, or these four pillars that God has for the early church and for the church of today. And so this is what normal Christ followers are devoted to, these four. Number one was to learn the Bible. Number two was to experience the community where you have a seat at the table. Number three was to remember what Jesus has done for you by taking communion. And lastly, to talk to God in prayer. So this is the DNA of the early church. This is the DNA of sanctuary church. This is what drives us as a church. Everything that we do 
is anchored to these big four here. These are the big four anchors that will cause you additionally to grow in your relationship with Christ. And so we're going to unpack these together, the DNA of a dynamic church or an awesome church here. So the first one is teaching. Teaching what? This is the teaching of the scripture, teaching of the Bible. We want to teach sound doctrine. And so this is normal for everyday people to devote themselves to be anchored to Bible study, to be anchored to the scripture. So we're devoted to the Bible. And we want to apply this to our lives. We want to live out what the Bible says. And ask yourself this question when you read the scriptures. What would it look like if I lived this out in my life? And so we want to act on what God says. We don't want to be just hearers of the word, but we want to be doers of the word. And so to live out the truth, that is to translate what we know into visible action. And so this is the DNA of a dynamic church where the scripture is faithfully taught. And this is what we aim to do, where we live our lives and they're transformed by the hearing of the word of God, where we hear the voice of God. And so every time that we gather, we want to read the Bible, we want to explain the Bible, we want to apply the Bible, and then we gather next week to do it again and again and again. The goal again is this, to build our entire lives around what God has said, the scripture. And friends, we're going to do everything we can as a church to help you grow by teaching the scripture. This is the heart of everything that we do. This is who we are. This is what we do as a church. And so uh, we want to know the Bible and have this be rooted in what we do as a church. And so I want to tell a little story about when I began my journey as a Christ follower. I was invited, I was at zero point in terms of my understanding of scripture. I didn't know anything. And so I was invited to a church and they told me that, hey, we're going to be doing this, this Bible study in the book of Romans. And so I got my Bible out, I got my Bible out, and I started looking for the book of Romans. I'm thinking, okay, the book of Romans, the book of Romans. And I spent 15, 20 minutes looking through the Bible. I don't know how I missed it, but I even went to the index. I'm looking through the index. I went through it like two, three times. I cannot find the book of Romans. So I'm going to call up the Bible study leader there. I'm ready to get on the phone here. And I, and I was going to call him and said, hey, there is no book of Romans in the Bible. What are you talking about? And so, but I thought, I'll, I'll, I better check one more time. And I looked and I said, oh, there's, there's the book of Romans. And so I just want to say to you, don't be intimidated if you don't know the Bible. I began at zero point. I didn't know a thing about the Bible. And here I am now actually teaching the Bible. And so all of us began not knowing anything about the Bible. So don't be uncomfortable if you don't know the Bible. Uh, We place a huge emphasis on teaching the Bible. This is the DNA of a dynamic church. Secondly, the Bible says here that they were committed to fellowship. What this means is that you want to find yourself, you want to find a seat at the table. Because church is bigger than people getting into a box on Sundays. Years ago, I had the incredible honor of attending a, a select group of lead pastors who were all there by invitation, and they were month, monthly mentored by one of the great uh, churches and one of the great pastors in America, one of the 25 largest churches in America. And I somehow was able to kind of weasel my way into that meeting. And I would monthly join them, and there were about 15 seats outside this big table. The big table was where all the big pastors were sitting there, 
And I was a little outsider sitting at my seat in the 15 seats there. So I would jump into the room and I would find my safe little comfortable seat uh, away from the big table. I was clearly an outsider. I was part of this group that they were all affiliated with one another and they had been friends for many years, 10, 20 years or longer. So you can imagine how I felt. They all knew each other really well in the conference room and were kind of smug friends and all there. But this one day I I sat down in my seat and the lead, lead pastor said this. I'll never forget it. He said, Rod, go ahead and take a seat at the table. I was stunned. I was shocked. I mean, I get to sit at the big table. I was trying to maintain a cool exterior there. So I got up and I grabbed my computer and everything and I walked over there and I I was nervous. And I sat down at the table and I had a seat at the table. And I was no longer an outsider. Now I was an insider because I'd been invited to sit at the table. Well, the Bible says that you have a seat at the table. You are no longer an outsider. You are an insider and you're part of God's family. You're part of community here. And so I want to just tell you that wherever you, wherever you've been in the past, maybe you feel like you don't belong. Like I didn't feel like I belong. Like I was an outsider. Like you're not worthy. I'm here to tell you that when you're part of God's family, you're part of community and we all have a seat at the table. It's awesome. So this is God's design for us that we no longer just sit at rows on Sunday, but God's design is that we sit in circles at the table. And friends, I want to say to you this, you are hardwired by Almighty God that you would sit in a circle, that you would experience community, that you'd be part of a tribe, that you would have a place where you know and you are known. You see, in God's church, everybody has a seat at the table. Only this can be designed in the the mind of Almighty God. And here's the reality, is that throughout our nation, and perhaps in your very home, you can watch the greatest Bible communicators on earth, online, all the time. But when we go online, you can't get a seat at the table. See, you have to be a part of a church, you have to be part of a community to actually get a seat at the table. And friends, here's what I know. Your best life is found when you have a seat at the table, the table of community. And as a church, we want to lead the way by creating community, awesome community at all times and in every way. And our new campus is going to scream community. When you drive onto the community, to the campus, you're going to see community everywhere. And this will be our relentless pursuit We're going to build a Jesus-centered, life-giving, relational community. It's so wonderful. God designed the church to be a highly engaging, incredibly relational community. God designed the church that our lives would be connected together and that you would have people that you walk through life through. You see, this is God's design. Everyone is invited then to buy into God's design where you say yes to community and where you're relational and intentional about it. Additionally, we read here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 this, that community is explained in such a way that everyone who had means, everyone who had resources, would find ways to help one another to those that didn't have resources, to those that were in need. And what they would do is they would sell their possessions so that they could provide for one another. In normal church is where a community 
cares for one another. You see, this is the DNA of a dynamic church. It is the anatomy of an awesome church where we teach the Bible and where you have a seat at the table of community. Isn't it great? And thirdly, friends, the Bible says this, is that we remember what Jesus has done for us by taking communion together. The Bible says again in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that they broke bread together and two times in uh, 1 Corinthians, Jesus would say when he was explaining communion, he would say, when you partake of communion, you remember what I did for you. So we remember the amazing sacrifice that Jesus, the Son of God, has done for us when he shed his blood on the cross for all of our sins. And Jesus said, when you partake of of communion, you remember what I did for you. And Jesus said, whenever you take this cup and you take this bread, you acknowledge that I died on the cross for your sins. And Jesus said, this is the way that you acknowledge and you remember that I died for you by, by partaking of communion. So in addition to communion, what they did is they had these feasts where they broke bread together. They had meals together. And check this out. They had the capacity to sit at a table and eat a meal together because of what they shared with one another. And what they would do is the church would sit down together around a meal confirmed by this looking at each other in the eyes and saying that we are in relationship with one another. Isn't that beautiful? That I am committed that I can look out for you, that I can care for you, that I can support you, that I can help you. And we're not hiding from one another. We're not running from one another. We're not dodging one another. We're, we're, we're not, uh, not uh, sending texts back to one another, but we are family. We are together. And we're in relationship with one another. So this is what they did. They broke bread and they confirmed that, friends, this is the DNA of a dynamic church, a Bible teaching church, a church where you have a seat at the table of community, a church where you break bread together, you remember Jesus' sacrifice. And lastly, the DNA of an awesome church is this, of a dynamic church is this. It's a praying church. It says they continued steadfastly in prayer. And now, this is not so much talking about individual prayer as is as the church coming together and collectively and praying together. And this is why every single Sunday at Sanctuary Church, we pray together half hour before we actually have worship experience and we gather and we pray together. This is the prayer team gathering steadfastly like the Bible talks about. You were invited to that when we can gather again together. And then at the end of church, we pray with you and we we invite you up for prayer. So every Sunday, our doors are open to prayer. So prayer is at the heart of a dynamic church. Prayer shapes the very trajectory of our spiritual journey, our spiritual journey. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. That 100% of the prayers that you don't pray, don't get answered. 100%, friends. So let us step into the next uh, level of being a praying church. This is the, uh, what a dynamic church looks like. So let's look at verse 43 here. It says this. It says, Everyone was filled in awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So the, the world was watching. 
They were, their mouths were hanging open at the work of what God was doing through them. Church was something beyond the ability to explain. And look at verse 44 where it says this. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Isn't that beautiful? It says that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So they were together. They were a culture of together. Not a culture of isolation and standing off and sitting in the back. No, they were a culture of being together. So much so that this is what happened. They would sell their property or their resources. And when someone got into a jam, someone in their community, they didn't just have some organizational structure that met the need, but the very people themselves would meet the need. Isn't that beautiful? Where they would sell stuff and they would free up capital in order that they can help out those brothers and sisters and those who were in a jam. And this was the DNA of the of the church. This is the DNA of a normal church, an awesome church. And so there was a culture of generosity. They had a culture of caring. And when God is at work, this is what happens. It is normal for for people to sell their personal possessions, sell off their assets to those who, who are in need. So let's look at verse 46 together where it says this, verse 46. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. See, they met in the temple and then they also met in homes. They did the big group in rows and small group in circles. They met in the homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were happy. So they were gathering together. They were hanging out together. They were doing life together. They were sharing meals together. They were living life together. And look at the result of that, of being together. They did it with glad and sincere hearts. They were happy. It's a happy church. Being happy, being excited about uh, the Christ and the church there. And so they were glad. They were blessed. And notice again in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, They met from house to house. They took this to the neighborhood. In other words, they brought the presence of Jesus to the neighborhood. It was awesome. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate with sincere and glad hearts. And so this is what the normal church looks like. So as a consequence, they were praising God. It says in verse 47, it says this, Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were praising God. In other words, they were worshiping Jesus Christ. They were responding to all that God was, all that God had done with all that they were. There was really no off switch when it comes to worship. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that this is our reasonable service, that we worship Jesus by giving ourselves to him. And so then you see here that the Lord added to the church daily those were being saved. I just want to point out this wasn't some slick, super cool, evangelistic methodology. No, this was God's heart saving people. Simply God saving those who needed Jesus. And so the church was designed to be a place where people are coming to a saving faith, where they're getting saved. And on a daily basis, it was normal all the time there. People are finding forgiveness, People are finding a a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And people are being saved 
from their sin. And this is a picture really of what church is supposed to be. A place where the skeptic and the seeker and those that doubt God and the agnostic and the atheist and the person that has fears and questions about God and and what God is like. And then they come to discover for the first time perhaps in in their life that God is real. Jesus is real. And God loves you and you personally matter to God. So Jesus was lifted up. We see here that the people responded to him by saying yes to Jesus Christ and forgiveness and and saying yes to following him and saying yes to this new direction in their life. And perhaps maybe you've been sensing that God is stirring your heart and this is a time where you would say yes and a time where perhaps you would want to receive Christ, where you would become his child. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Whosoever or everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I'd like you to think about that, friend. It says everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you might say, well, Rod, you know what I've done in my life. And I would say to you, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can say, well, time out. I've hit rock bottom and I'm confused. And I would say to you, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Perhaps you would say, well, I'm older now in my years and I'm getting up there. And I would say, hey, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Perhaps you're saying, well, it's all new to me and I'm new to church and I'm like you, like I've never even read the Bible in that story that you told about. And I would say to you, friend, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you may be here and saying, yes, but I have issues in my life and you don't know my life, my background, what I've done, what I put in my body, who I've been with, what, it, what all needs to be straightened out. Just listen. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And we all have issues, beginning with the speaker. We all have issues. And maybe today is your day to call upon his name. And when you call upon the Lord, he comes into your life and he will save you. He'll wash you from your sin. And the Bible says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, repent. That just means to walk in a new direction. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you for the forgiveness of sins and you will be saved. See, religion is spelled um, do this, D-do-o. But Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E because it's all been done for you. And you can make this decision to be right with Christ. For this, this is for everyone. And so I would like to lead you in a simple prayer of asking Christ into your heart and being saved. And then I would like to pray us out a blessing over all of us. So would you bow your heads wherever you're at and let me pray for you. And so, Father, thank you for everyone that is here and everyone that is listening online, wherever they're at. Father, I pray for them that you would do what only you can do and that you would come into their lives. And if you're, you're watching online, if you could just pray a simple prayer and say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you died for my sins. I take you as my Savior. I want to live for you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be your child. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you as my Savior. Fill me with your love and fill me with your gifts as I walk with you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. That's so awesome if, if you received Christ and we would love to help you as a Christ follower. Love to invite you out to church next week at the ranch in Yukaipa, the former Hoover Egg Ranch, where we are going to be having drive-in church. It's going to be amazing. So I invite you out to that. Well, if you want to just put your hands out, and I would like to pray a prayer of blessing over you. So would you do that even now? Father, see your children as their hands are reaching out to you. In emptiness, I pray that you would fill them. Thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted, that you save those who are crushed in spirit. Thank you that there is no one like you, that you are a miracle worker, that you are a promise keeper, that you are light in the darkness, and that is who you are. Father, I pray that you would touch our hearts. I pray that you would heal every heart. I pray that you would turn our lives around, that you would mend our brokenness. Father, I pray that you would bless them, that you would watch over them, that you would cause your face to shine upon them, that you would be gracious to them. And Father, in the midst of the battle, that you would give them hope and strength and that you would give them your peace. And I pray that you would do this and that you would do more. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we look forward to seeing you next week at the ranch as we do drive-in church together. We'll also be online, but I would love to see you at the ranch, 9 and 11, next Sunday. God bless you. Have a great week. See you next week.